Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. It's late 1986 and they're everywhere. It doesn't seem to matter what channel you turn to, there they are. They're dominating the small screen, whether it's in TV commercials, their own TV shows, or even video. And it's all because of that song. A song from the past brought back to the 80s for a whole new type of spokesperson. Make that spokespeople, as there are several of them, but they're not actually people. They're human-like characters of a different sort. And they're quickly becoming a massive part of 1980s pop culture. I'm Jamie Logie, and this is Everything 80s, a podcast that looks back at a decade that forever changed the way we dress, consumed, and connected. And today, it's a look back on the simple marketing campaign that turned into something so much bigger. This is the story of the California Raisins. If you grew up in the 80s, you no doubt remember the massive impact of these very unique characters. And this whole story starts with some dried fruit. In the 1980s, raisin growers realized that sales had dropped quite a bit. I was never a big fan of raisins, the dried fruit that is, but I know I did want Kellogg's raisin brand more than anything because those commercials that promised two scoops of raisins in every box just seem like a must-have breakfast cereal. Despite the popularity of cereals like this, raisin sales were still down. How do you promote a box of plain raisins when they're just on their own and not part of another product? Unless they're dipped in chocolate or in a cookie, that's a pretty tough sell. If you were like me growing up in the 80s, Finding that small red box of raisins in your Halloween trick-or-treat candy meant instant removal and disposal. Raisins needed an overhaul or a rebranding. But where do you even begin? A clump of raisins doesn't look all that appetizing. And have you ever seen one up close? They look like flies without wings. The California Raisin Advisory Board needed raisins to be seen in a new light. The best approach they had up to this point was calling raisins nature's candy. Raisins from California, nature's candy. It's not like they hadn't tried to promote raisins, but nothing was clicking. Raisins, eh? Your mother cares what you eat, doesn't she? I remember my brother and me wanted something sweet. Mom, give us raisins too. So it's the age-old advertising question. How do you make something cool? Raisins are one step away from prunes. They're like the Brussels sprouts of the fruit world. Could raisins be transformed? Was it possible to give raisins some sort of personality or even an identity? According to the Smithsonian Channel, it was decided that the raisins needed to be characters of some kind. 
but turning food into characters wasn't considered an effective advertising strategy. But the California Raisin Advisory Board had to do something. An advertising agency, Foot, Cone and Belding, was brought in to put the campaign together. With the decision to go the character route, what kind of characters could raisins actually be? What would they even look like? Enter Will Vinton Productions. Will Vinton was an animator and had found success with a few fairy tale based shows, such as Rip Van Winkle from 1978 and The Little Prince from 1979. But Vinton also liked to work with clay, and this led to his true calling. Vinton dubbed the process of stop motion work with clay as claymation. Some of his first projects included the claymation short from 1980 called Dinosaurs, which featured a young Fred Savage. Vinton's unique work with Clay led him to more projects, and then his first feature, 1985's The Return to Oz. This got Will Vinton Productions nominated for an Oscar. They followed that with their own feature, The Adventures of Mark Twain. Vinton then provided some special effects for a unique Disney attraction slash ride that starred Michael Jackson. It was called Captain EO, and I have a previous episode all about it. Vinton was clearly talented and successful. If anyone could create some unique new characters, it was him. By this point in the 80s, Vinton had already created a claymation character that had become quickly identifiable, the Noid from the Domino's commercials. In 1988, Vinton also created the claymation art for the cover of the very first issue of Nintendo Power magazine, a topic I also have a previous episode all about. The California Raisin Advisory Board had two things in place. They knew raisins needed to be turned into some sort of characters and they had the perfect raisin-related song to go with it. The classic tune, I Heard It Through the Grapevine. This song has been released several times by several artists. Some of the early versions include ones by Smokey Robinson and the Miracles and Gladys Knight and the Pips. The version you may be most familiar with is the one by the legendary Marvin Gaye, which was released in 1968. But there's also an 11-minute version of this song recorded by Creedence Clearwater Revival. Either way, it was the perfect song for a new ad campaign. Now, the rest was up to Vinton to turn raisins into claymation characters. He gave the raisins full faces, complete with teeth. They could have sunglasses on. They had long, thin arms with big white gloves and long, thin legs kind of like a raisin Mr. Potato Head. With the designs in place, it's time to film a commercial with the new spokes raisins for the California Raisin Advisory Board. But working with claymation is a slow and expensive process. Each tiny movement and facial expression needs to be done a fraction at a time. It took an entire day for each figure to just get three to four seconds of film. The Raisins would dance to the song and follow the same choreographed movements like the legendary Motown groups. This made the production even more complicated. 
And there's another issue. Who's going to sing vocals on the Raisins version of I Heard It Through the Grapevine? Enter Buddy Miles. Miles, an all-around talented musician and singer, founded a group called The Electric Flag and even played drums for Jimi Hendrix on the Band of Gypsies live album from 1970. With the revamped lyrics and Miles' amazing voice, the song and commercial are coming together. And everyone realizes they have something very unique on their hands. There wasn't anything else on TV that was going to look like this. Despite a massive $300,000 price tag, the commercial featuring the California Raisins is ready. Adjust that three hundred dollars for inflation, and we're at nearly $850,000. Seems like a steep amount for a raisin company that didn't exactly have Coca-Cola money to throw around. This thing better work. The 30-second commercial spot dubbed Late Night finally hit the airwaves in the fall of 1986. The commercial starts with a claymation couple watching late-night TV. On their side table is a bunch of snacks, including a long line of raisins walking and dancing like it's a conga line. A group of other snacks like cookies, pretzels, and chocolate bars look on in fear as they know there's a new snack in town. They're competing against a snack that's cool and hip with its own theme song and choreographed movements. The couple opts for the raisins that come from the California vineyards. The commercial and this unique form of clay-based animation is an instant hit. And I think it's because of several reasons. First, the iconic I Heard It Through the Grapevine song was instantly recognizable. Next is the anthropomorphism of a common object or animal. It's why cartoon mascots are so often used, especially in kids' advertising. Just think of any cereal commercial and characters like Tony the Tiger. There's the Coca-Cola Polar Bears, the Kool-Aid Man, or a character like the Pillsbury Doughboy. According to Advertising Week, this works because people are social and brands are inanimate. Quote, mascots seize this gap to humanize brands and bring them to life using a character with whom people engage with beyond products, benefits, and features, unquote. The California Raisins would become the personification of this statement. And one of the last reasons I believe these commercials connected so well is just from my own perspective in the 80s. To me, one of the big reasons this commercial and subsequent other raisin commercials connected with so many people and millions of kids is because it looked familiar. Even though we were watching Clay, the special stop-motion look and movements reminded me of Rankin Bass and specials like Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer and Santa Claus is Coming to Town. Multiple generations had grown up with these iconic specials including kids of the 80s. So the raisins already seem familiar to me personally because of that stop-motion style. Not only was this commercial an instant hit with viewers and kids, it also caught the attention of all advertisers. 
According to CalRaisins.org, the official website of the California raisin industry, not long after the late show spot aired, the commercial sent them to the top of Adweek's top 10 list. But they were only just getting started. Armed with a $7.5 million advertising budget, one of the next spots featured a bunch of construction workers looking into a lunchbox to see a performance by the Raisins. Raisins, the dried fruit that, according to calraisin.org, goes back to 2000 BC, were now the coolest fruit in the game. Everyone loved the California Raisins, including several famous people. In a New York Times article from 2019, Seth Werner, a copywriter for the agency that created the campaigns, says that not long after the commercials aired, he got a strange call. It was from the assistant of Paul McCartney. The legendary Beatle was asking for a taped copy of the ad so he could watch it on repeat. Nancy Reagan would also end up asking the Raisins to the White House for the Christmas of 1988. But famous people aside, the goal of all of this was to increase the sales of Raisins, which, according to a 2017 Mental Floss article, quickly jumped by 20% after the first commercial. Besides selling their own raisins, the California raisins themselves were quickly becoming a brand, and other companies wanted to jump on the raisins bandwagon. The California raisins were becoming so quickly popular that they seemed like a natural fit to collaborate with a product like Post Raisin Brand Cereal, which licensed the characters. Kind of raisin is plump enough, sweet enough, big enough. It's the California raisins. Those super big superstars. Another company that licensed the California raisins was Hardy's Fast Food Restaurants in 1987. They're coming to a Hardy's near you. The stars of Hardy's cinnamon and raisin biscuits. The California raisin figures that Hardy's released with the promotion became very popular collectibles. But here's the problem for those companies. The California raisins were already so popular that some consumers thought that those ads were for the California raisins and not the products they were collaborating with. The point is, the California raisins were a quick success and a bona fide commercial hit. But they were only just getting started. Raisin Mania was about to run wild. Everything 80s will return after these messages. With the huge success of the ads, it was a natural progression for these characters to be spun off in many other commercial directions. One of the first things was to take advantage of the musical aspect of the California Raisins. I heard it through the grapevine, the raisin version that is, entered the Billboard's top 100, getting up to number 84. The California Raisins were about to begin recording albums. Between 1987 and 1988, they released four of them. The first was from 1987, called The California Raisins Sing the Hit Songs. 
This album includes classic tracks like La Bamba, Stand By Me, and for some reason, When A Man Loves A Woman. The next three albums are all from 1988, Sweet, Delicious, and Marvelous, their Beatles tribute entitled Meet the Raisins, and they finish up with Christmas with the California Raisins. And we'll get back to them and Christmas in a bit. But these albums were a hit, and two million people bought them. The debut album went gold within just a month of its release. And while this is going on, the commercials kept rolling. But now, celebrities were getting on board. Or at least, claymation versions of them. One of the first commercials with a celebrity featured the legendary Ray Charles singing his version of I Heard It Through the Grapevine. Then, Vinton teamed up with someone he had worked with before, the star of Captain EO, Michael Jackson. According to Food & Wine magazine, Jackson called them, requesting that they turn him into one of the raisins. Michael Jackson was coming off the horrific Pepsi commercial accident that caused him to get accidentally burned, and he even offered to do the raisin commercial for free, as long as he only had to deal with Will Vinton. The California raisin characters were now much bigger than the product they were promoting and they became stars in their own right. It was time to keep expanding the RCU, or Raisin Cinematic Universe. Before the California Raisins were a commercial hit, Will Vinton was working on a primetime claymation variety Christmas special. After the incredible and quick success of the California Raisins, it seemed pretty obvious that one of the musical segments now featured them. That segment featured the Raisins singing Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, which to me always felt like a nice connection to their stop-motion predecessors. The Christmas special called A Claymation Christmas Celebration aired in 1987 on CBS. Next, climb aboard. Next reindeer's due any minute. It's those sensational California Raisins in the Emmy-winning Claymation Christmas Celebration next. I don't know about you, but I remember this special like it was yesterday. We all went over to my neighbors to watch it together, mostly because we all wanted to see the California Raisins. If you didn't grow up during this time, it's hard to explain what a draw these characters were. We planned this entire night just to watch dancing and singing Raisins. The Christmas special, hosted by two dinosaurs, was, not surprisingly, a huge hit. Vinton and his team actually won an Emmy in 1988 for Outstanding Animated Program. My favorite segment of the special is when a group of sentient clay bells hit themselves with hammers to perform the Carol of the Bells. With the continued success, it was time to keep this raisin train rolling, and that meant their very own TV special. But going into that special, a few adjustments needed to be made. The first iterations of the California Raisins from the commercials look pretty identical. If more California Raisins content was going to be created, they needed to become individuals. To differentiate each raisin, they were changed into various sizes, from short and wide to tall and thin. 
The new claymation special called Meet the Raisins debuted on CBS on November 4th, 1988. This special was a mockumentary of sorts, finally giving us a backstory on the raisins. And we finally discovered their actual names. A.C. Arborman was the name of the lead vocalist, and his younger brother, Bebop, played drums. And the Raisins kept things in the family. Cousin Red Raisin played piano, and the quartet was rounded out by a friend, Stamford Stretch Thompson on bass. The show was yet again a hit, and even though it didn't win, was also nominated for an Emmy. And since this was the 1980s, what better way to capitalize on a hot intellectual property than with a Saturday morning cartoon? Next up was The California Raisin Show. Released on CBS in September 1989, this cartoon featured musical performances, but only lasted for one season of 13 episodes. And remember, the original goal of this whole thing was to sell raisins. And they did that. They just happened to create another money-making pop culture phenomenon in the process. According to the LA Times, barely two years after their introduction in late 1986, sales of raisins hit the $600 million mark. In today's money, that's a billion and a half dollars. That's a lot of dried grapes. But right on the heels of the sales of raisins were the sales of the California Raisins merchandise. With 300 licensed products on the market, there were a lot of California Raisins to go around. And this included all the usual merch, Halloween costumes, lunchboxes, shirts, and collectibles of every sort. You might remember the California Raisins fan club the California Raisins Ice Capade show, and even a video game. Developed by StarSoft Development Laboratories, the California Raisins and the Cereal Factory was released in 1988 on PC. And naturally, a Nintendo game followed a few years later. All the Raisins merchandise led to big bucks. Robert Finney of the California Raisin Board revealed that sales of licensed products hit the half-billion-dollar mark, or around $1.3 billion adjusted for inflation. Even two and a half years later, the California Raisins ads were still a hit with viewers. New versions of the commercials included one with a man dancing along with the raisins, and one where a guy turns into a hip businessman because he added California raisins to his waffles at breakfast. According to a 1989 LA Times article, the California Raisins commercials led Video Storyboard Tests Incorporated annual list of the most popular ad campaigns in 1988. This was the second consecutive year that the dancing raisins were on top. The singing fruit had beaten out Pepsi and McDonald's. It was an advertising campaign that many huge companies could only ever dream of. And it was happening to sell dried fruit. 
But like all fads, things eventually cooled off. Vinton and company tried to close out the decade strong, beginning production on a new claymation special, where the California Raisins get a new manager and attempt to make a comeback. That special, called Raisins Sold Out, The California Raisins 2, was a follow-up to the 1988 Meet the Raisins special. Raisins Sold Out came out in May 1990, but that was pretty much the end of the road. The California Raisins faded away not just from a fad perspective, but also from a financial one. The slowing of the California raisin fad meant a slowing of the raisin industry in California. International raisin production was also on the rise, and it was just too expensive to keep the ad campaigns going. Costs were eclipsing profits, and by 1994, the California Raisin Advisory Board was officially closed. But from an advertising perspective, the California raisins changed the game. Food could now be personified. One of the best examples of this was the launch and success of the M&M characters, or the Chicken McNugget Buddies. The California Raisins left a distinct mark on 1980s pop culture. They were bigger and longer-lasting than a one-time commercial fad like Where's the Beef by Wendy's. The California Raisins were a celebration of creativity and a unique form of animation called claymation. This whole thing was a testament to the ingenuity of the great Will Vinton. The California Raisins were also a celebration of music and a celebration of Motown. They took advantage of not only primetime, but also Saturday morning cartoons. It feels like the 1980s may have been the only time when a sensation like the California Raisins could have been possible. To quote Advertising Week again, Cartoon mascots don't have an agenda. They're not political or easily put into categories that might be offensive. Quote, they're pure. They're innocent, and that allows us to open up to them. We can emphasize with them and build special relationships with them, unquote. The California Raisins embody that statement as well as any commercial characters ever. It's what allowed them to transcend just beyond a 30-second ad spot to become their very own entity. The uniqueness of these characters created its own brand and persona. As much as we often hate commercials, these ads and characters were welcome guests in living rooms everywhere in the 80s. Speaking for myself, I never turned the channel or went to the bathroom when a California Raisins commercial came on. This was viral marketing before we even knew what that was. One of the secrets behind the California Raisins is that they were always positioned as entertainers and not pitchmen or spokespeople or Spokes Raisins. They were selling us raisins, but entertaining us felt like the first priority. And this is an incredibly important thing. When advertising is done right, there's an unspoken agreement between the advertiser and the consumer. The book, The Age of Persuasion by Terry O'Reilly and Mike Tennant explains that this unspoken agreement is called the Great Unwritten Contract. 
and it goes back to the early days of radio advertising. The great unwritten contract requires advertisers to, quote, give the listener something in exchange for their attention, unquote. Today, when we watch a commercial, we know we're being sold to, but in exchange for our attention, we expect some form of entertainment, whether that be a dramatic or emotional commercial, a funny one, a musical experience, or something informative that makes us think. Super Bowl commercials perfectly illustrate this. Many people tune into the Super Bowl just to watch the ads, as they know they're going to be entertained by them. The California Raisins delivered on this great unwritten contract in spades, or scoops, if you will. Advertising for dried fruit not only entertained us, but gave us one of the biggest pop culture phenomenons of the entire 1980s. And it all came from just trying to make a raisin cool. So that's our show. Thank you so much for listening. If you like this episode, be sure to check out my previous shows for more great 1980s content. If you haven't already, be sure to subscribe to the Everything 80s podcast wherever you listen to podcasts so you don't miss out on new shows. So thank you so much for spending your time with me here today. I know there are a million things vying for your attention and the fact you've spent your valuable time with me here today is never lost on me. I appreciate you taking the time to listen, whether this is the first episode you've heard or you've been here from the beginning. So that's it for me. I'm Jamie. This has been Everything 80s, but I'll be back soon with a new episode. Don't you dare miss it.